He's already there. He's already there. Thank God He's already there. Mm. Luke chapter number 22. We are heading right back to our chapter text from last Sunday. Listen, I don't want to be here any more than you want to be here, but this is where God wants us to be this morning. I'll be honest with you, I fought that thing. Lord, why in the world are we going back there? Didn't we cover Peter last week? And he says, no, we ain't covered all of Peter last week. And I'll tell you, brother, many of you preachers all across the house this morning, you'll know this, when, when you try to get away from where God wants you to be, he'll just be quiet. Huh? Let's be real this morning. He'll just be quiet. Well, son, you ain't going to listen to me. Just, uh, you just go quiet. You do it by yourself and see where that gets you. Well, by Thursday afternoon, I was ready to get back on schedule. Huh? Get with the program. I tell you that because there's going to be times you're going to deal with that. Get with the program. Get with the program. Luke chapter number 22. We're going to look in a couple different places here. I'd remind you where we are examining uh, Peter. And as we examine Peter, may today we examine ourselves. Really, if you've come into the house this morning to not examine yourself, then you're wasting your time. God cannot do something in you that you're not ready to receive. Did you hear that? Look with me in Luke chapter number 22, beginning in verse number uh, 33 this morning. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. You better watch what you say. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou, that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. That's a reality. Who is speaking? Jesus. Now move over to verse number 54. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after another, confidently affirmed, saying of a truth, This fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned. Look, don't you miss 61? And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he had said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, I do thank you for this day that you've given us. Oh God, this is your day. God, this is your hour. God, I pray that you touch us. God, I pray that you speak into, God, our lives today. God, we cannot make it without you, God. 
God, there's people battling God big time. God, it breaks my heart to God to see what we see, God. God teaches. God teaches how to live right before you. God to love you more than this world. God to love you more than the things of this world. God do a work in us, I pray. God, I pray you do a work in us. Lord, we need it, God. God, open us up. Cut us wide open, God. God, do surgery on our heart today. And God, heal us. God, is healing is needed today. God, I pray you heal us. God, show us today by Peter's example, God, how we can live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. I was thinking this morning as I was going back over the message this morning about the power of His name. The power of Jesus' name. I'm going to be real honest with you this morning. I'm really sick and tired of the devil's games. I'm sick and tired of the devil's games. I'm, listen, I know we all make a decision of what we're going to do, but I'm sick and tired of his games, how he is robbing people from victory. I'm sick and tired of broken homes. I'm sick and tired of lives being destroyed. You say, preacher, by what? You fill in the blank. I'm sick and tired of kids not knowing where mama and daddy is. Having to pack their bags and go to another home. I'm sick and tired of people calling it quits. Don't be looking around. It ain't nobody. Hey, I don't know that it's anybody in here. I believe God wants us to examine our own hearts this morning. I'm sick and tired of him laughing in our face. Hmm? I'm sick and tired of the temptation. I'm sick and tired of the sifting that seems to be going on. We see in Peter, we see in this story of Peter how he's being sifted like wheat. The beating, the tossing, the separating. You say, Peter didn't get beat. Peter didn't get separated. Peter, Peter didn't get any of that stuff. That was Jesus. Yes, he did. He got it on his faith. He got it on his faith, folks. And many of us today, we're just like Peter Boy, we're so cocky and we're so confident and so many have been, guess what, pushed down to the ground. Grind to the ground, folks. Why? Because they thought they were good enough. They thought in their own power they could do it. You see what we see today with Peter? We see one that was confident. One that thought he had the 
power to overcome on his own. He thought his love for Christ would be enough. Little did he know what it would actually cost. Some of us today need to count the cost. Some of us need to realize that, hey, just because we're saved don't mean we can't be tempted. Oh, I'd never go there. I'd never do that. You be careful what you say. Boy, if I was in that predicament, I know exactly what I would do. Do you really? Do you really this morning? Oh, I'm tired of what the devil is stealing away from us. Hmm? You say, what do you mean? There's things I know that I don't even want to know. Huh? You see, sometimes being the preacher hurts. Because <laughs> you know things you don't want to know. I'm sick and tired of what's being stole, folks. And it's all because people of God are not prepared for it. People of God don't take serious the things of God. Oh, am I talking about walking into church today? No, listen. You are to want to be assembled together because how else can we know what God's got for us if we're not going to come and listen and allow it to apply to our hearts? That's just one phase of it. But it's an actual surrender every day to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's every day looking to Him. It's every day living for Him. It's not a Wednesday, Sunday job, folks. Because it's not a job at all. It's either living for Christ or living for the devil, folks. I ask you today, how in the world can you survive any other way than being totally surrendered, totally sold out to God? Oh, you can't do it, folks. You say, I'm looking for an encouraging word. It's right here. Surrender your life and your heart to Jesus Christ. You may have come in broken today. Oh, he's the one to restore you. You've come in shambles today. He's the one to put you back together. You've come in lost today. He's one to save you today. Oh, he's everything, folks. He's everything. You see, just as Peter and I said this last week that you could... Put yourself in that position. Why am I saying this again? Because God would have me to say it again. The devil desires to sift you as wheat. As wheat. Folks, it's just not Peter. It's you today. It's you today. Preacher, I've been saved for 50 years. Guess what? Who cares? I'm happy for you. I really am. I rejoice in that. But do you think you've arrived? Do you think you've passed the point of temptation? God help us. God help us. Preacher, you're being awfully serious this morning. Isn't it about time that we were serious with God? People are dying and going to hell. And the reality is, some of you are dying and going to hell today. Help us to be right with you, Lord. Last Sunday we saw the warning Jesus gave Peter. Oh, and 
then what does Peter say? Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. Oh, but was he really? You say today, I'm ready to die for my faith. Are you really? Mm. You say, I'm ready to stand up for God no matter what comes my way. Are you really? Some of us can't even find a way to live for him. How in the world can we make such a proclamation? I say it because I love you. God's ready to do business with you. You see, what Peter didn't realize was his own weakness. Confidence. You say, preacher, what's wrong with confidence? There's nothing wrong with confidence when it's placed in the right place. Huh? What do you mean, preacher? Well, Peter is relying on himself. You say, how could he do that? He walked with Jesus. That's right. He walked with Jesus. He saw the miracles of the Lord. He saw Jesus heal. Matter of fact, uh, it was Peter who stepped out and walked on water, was it not? But yet now it's Peter. Boy, he's so puffed up and he's ready for the challenge. And what is Jesus telling devil desires to sift you as wheat. Oh, but Jesus, not me. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to die. I'm ready to be persecuted. Confidence, folks. I believe this morning we need to realize and put into perspective where our confidence lies. Folks, it better rely on Jesus. It better rely on Jesus. Some of you either is battling right now or you got one battle coming. I can tell you that. Huh? Our weakness must be recognized. Where in the world do you find Peter recognizing his weakness? Nowhere. Nowhere. Nowhere do you see that. And in many of our lives as believers, nowhere do you see us talking about our weakness. Oh, I know, nobody wants to stand up and say, Preacher, I got a problem with this. I got a problem with that. No, I'm not talking about taking it to the preacher. I'm talking about taking it to Jesus. Huh? How many times do we just tell him? We act like he does not see how we live. We act like he does not see the trials that we go through. We act like he doesn't see the temptations. Hey, he warned Peter and he's warning us today. The question is, will we heed it? Will we heed it? You see, where is Peter? Where is Peter when we get to verse number 54? Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter, what did he do? He followed afar off. He followed afar off. You know what I believe got a hold of old Peter? I believe his love turned into fear. Huh? Let's be honest this morning. 
I mean, hey, here it is. I mean, we, now we, we, we moved over from the garden scene. I, listen, y'all know what happens in the garden. They come in to a, arrest Jesus and Peter. I mean, because he is that outspoken one. I mean, he is that one really loose, of, loose cannon really is what I like to think of. I mean, he just, hey, he goes right for his head, right? Pew. Like I cut James Allen's hair off. <laughs> he got his ear, didn't he? Jesus healed it. And you say, but look how bold he was. Look, look, how, look how bold he was to step out. Now look at verse number 54. Oh, things change when it gets really heated, though. Hey, when the temperature's turned up and the fire's really rolling, things can change just a little bit. And where do we find Peter? Following afar off. Preacher, what does that have to do with me today? Some of you don't even realize how afar off you are this morning. Huh? Hmm? Oh, there's a big gulp and a lean back in your chair. Thank God for a padded pew sometimes. Because we'd wear a spot on that wood, wouldn't we? You ain't got to amen that. That's okay. I've been there. Matter of fact, I had to hear the message. Thursday. Huh? Afar off is where Peter finds himself. You say, preacher, what is the, what's the big deal about being afar off? What's the big deal about watching from a distance? Hey, can I tell you this this morning? When you don't have your eyes and your focus on Jesus, your eyes are focused on the world. Your eyes are focused on sin. Your eyes are focused on something else. Oh, and how easily deceived we are. Oh, to think that we can walk away from God. You hear me, child of God? To think that we can walk away from God and get a little bit further off. I wonder, as I just, Bubba sitting in the back corner back there, I guarantee you the further I get away from him, the less detail I can see upon his face. Oh, wait a minute, preacher. What are you talking about this morning? I'm talking about Jesus. How in the world can you intimately know Jesus while you're walking away from Him? Huh? How can you know His will for you when you're taking it your own will and you're walking away from Him? Folks, you cannot do it. Let's look at what happens. Afar off. Afar off. You say, wait a minute, that's Peter and Jesus hasn't even been crucified yet. Jesus has already rose again. What does this have to do with me? Because many have already fallen into that temptation. And you're sitting in church today. Being afar off dictates and leads to three things. Y'all ready for it, church? Here we go. Here we go. Number one, being afar off dictates how close you are to Jesus. Truth. Oh, wow, that's a mind blower right there, ain't it? Huh? Can I ask you where the will for your life is? Can I ask you where discernment is found? Huh? Can I ask you where forgiveness is? Restoration? Redemption? Where is it, folks? It's found in a close walk with the Lord.
How in the world can we experience it apart from Him? We can't. We can't. It dictates how far and how close and how you see Jesus. Think about this. Peter is torn. He's torn between curiosity and being a coward. Oh, some of y'all still ain't got it this morning. Huh? Some of y'all are on the run so bad you don't know what to do next. You better zero in, folks. Being afar off, listen, he was torn. He was torn between fear and love, curiosity, and his own skin. You see, because I think when it really came to it, Peter found out just how much he would die for Jesus. Hmm? Oh, he was close enough to see him. He was close enough to see him. But he wasn't close enough that he might be persecuted as well. Sometimes we're so scared to get close to God because we're scared for what he wants for our life. We're scared to death of the sin we're going to have to give up and the things we're going to have to walk away from. You ain't got to agree with me, but that don't make it any less true. Huh? God, help us to see that he's better, folks. Oh, is he not greater than your sin? Is he not greater than your problems? Is he not greater than the temptations that you face? Oh, I wonder, do you love Jesus enough to draw close to him? Or would you rather stay at a distance? We don't have to wonder why our families are falling apart today. Huh? It begins in sin, folks. We don't have to wonder why the divorce rate is just as high in the church as it is out in the world. Oh, we don't want to talk about that. Well, that makes us look bad, don't it? Hmm? Oh, but it's true. Oh, but it's true. Why is that, preacher? Because of sin. Huh? Why do you think even men of, men of God today falter today because of sin? You see, we put people on a pedestal. Forget about putting yourself on a pedestal. You're good at putting somebody else on a pedestal. Why is it that preachers have fallen? Sin. Huh? Why do you hear stories about preachers who can run around with a pianist or a secretary or somebody else in the church? Oh, those are things we don't like to talk about, right? Huh? But why do they happen? Not because God ordained them. Because of sin, folks. Why is it that probably last night somewhere there was a deacon or a Sunday school teacher who traded in a pew for a bar stool? Oh, we don't want to talk about that either, do we? Huh? We don't want to talk about that. That may just get personal. Huh? Oh, preacher, are you saying they're here? I pray to God not. You hear me. But I'm telling you that none of us, none of us are so close to God that we can't fail, folks. Because it's when we think that we're so high and mighty that we find ourselves laying on our backs. Listen, that's not a hope, so that's a reality. I don't enjoy saying that. It breaks my heart to see lives torn apart and lives destroyed. But it's not God's fault. It's man's fault. We choose. 
We choose. Today you're making a choice how you live. Oh, being afar off dictates how you see Jesus, how close you are to Him. Number two, being afar off leads to who you sit with. Oh, preacher, where are you going? Look in the text. The, the Bible says it all. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter uh, followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. And where does Peter find himself? Number one, he decided to walk afar off. And now he's finding himself sitting with the very enemies of Jesus. Oh, yes, this is the same Peter that walked on water. Yes, this is the same Peter that saw the miracles. Yes, this is the same Peter who said, Jesus, I will die right alongside you. And yet now he warms his hands at the same fire as the enemies. Oh, to think that we're something, folks. You're something in God's economy, but he wants more for you than what you've got. Oh, hear me. Sin is easy, folks, when you start to compromise. Sin is easy when you start to compromise. And the first step is walking away. The second thing is you start to sit with them. You say, wait a minute, that's how I tell others about Jesus. God help us if we're going into the bar and sitting and having a drink to do it. Huh? Huh? You know what you start doing when you compromise and you take a seat? You do things you said you'd never do. You do things you said you'd never do. And I'm going to give a little personal testimony because none of y'all standing up to give your own. But here, here's the deal this morning. I go, back to, I go back to high school. Anybody could go back to high school with me. Some of y'all don't even remember high school has been so long. God help us this morning. Huh? I remember being in high school, Brother A.J. I, hey, I remember wanting to be accepted. Anybody like to be accepted? Oh, let's get real this morning. Let's just be real before the Lord. Oh, I remember I wanted to be in the group, man. I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a part of it all. I didn't want to miss out. Anybody want to miss out? Hmm? I got your attention this morning. Look at y'all. Y'all just waiting to see what kind of sin I've done. Y'all just can't wait to hear it come out. I remember I wanted to be so cool, man. I never was cool. Thank God I never was cool. Huh? And I remember one night I climbed into a truck and I went to a place I shouldn't have been. I was saved. Somebody's missing this. I was saved on my way to heaven. I'm still on my way to heaven. I climbed into a truck going a place I should never have been. Walking into a building I never should have been. My mom and dad's here this morning. I don't even know if they know this. Lord, I am in trouble this morning. Oh, Lord, help me, Lord. Y'all don't even know this. It breaks my heart. Because when I walked in the door, 
I knew I didn't belong there. I knew I didn't belong there. We got to be different, folks. He wants to sift you as wheat. And in those moments, do you know what I think about now? My testimony. In a place I should have never been. A place I said I'd never go. Doing what I said I'd never do. I thank God that night I didn't take a drink of anything. You say, well, preacher, what's so bad about it? You didn't even take a drink of anything. Because I knew I was where I didn't belong. How many of you are sitting in the enemy camp? You say, I'm sitting in church. Oh, don't think the fire can't get hot. Don't think just because you sit in church don't mean you can't sin. Huh? Why do you say that? Because that Sunday before and that Sunday after, guess where I was at? I was at church. God's looking for us to be real with Him. Some of you are sitting next to the fire. I'm here to tell you this morning, you better get up. You better get up. You better take a stand. You better draw closer to the Lord. What was it that he did? Guess what? When you get afar off, it's easy to sit at the fire. It's easy to sit around with the enemies of God. You say are lost people enemies of God? Well, either you serve God or you serve the devil. Many people don't like that, but it's a reality. Boy, our lives would change if we could learn to accept it. Number, number three, not only did he sit around the fire with them, but being, hey, being afar off leads to easy denial. I mean, why not? Huh? You're already sitting with them. He wasn't thinking of Jesus. He might have been thinking about saving his own skin. Sin is easy when you've compromised at a distance. It's easy when you sit at the fire, but then it's even easier to let it leave your lips. What am I talking about? Action. Action this morning. And it will never fail. Your testimony will find you out. Your testimony will find you out. I just told you what bothers me most about my own testimony is those that saw me in that place. Your testimony will find you out. What do you mean? Well, look at the text. But a certain maid beheld him. As he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. How does she know that? She saw him. She saw him with Jesus. Hmm? Some of you have been with Jesus. Some of you have been saved. And people know that you're a Christian. 
What do they see you doing? Verse 57, and he denied him, saying, woman, I know him not. Oh, how easy that must have been for Peter just to let it roll off his tongue. And after a, a little while, why never saw him and said, thou art also of them. And Peter said, man, I am not. It just gets easier and easier and easier. Verse number 59, and about the space of one hour after another, confidently affirmed, saying, of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter, what does he say? Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. And listen, we know by the other gospels that not only did he say those words, but he began to curse. Yes, Peter that walked with Jesus allowed those very things to leave his lips. And you think you're so good. This make you feel better? We think we're so good. There's only one good. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. I mean, just think about how this must have seemed for Peter. As it left his lips, the cock crowing. The sinking feeling that it must have, he must have felt. The feeling of conviction. You see, it's not condemnation you need this morning. It's Holy Ghost conviction. But what will you do with it? We see what happened with Peter. Everything Jesus had weighting him down. The God-man, y'all do realize. With everything that's weighing him down. He looks dead straight at Peter. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord. Folks, instead of feeling sorry and sad for yourself, you are to thank God for his conviction. Where would we be without his conviction? You would be lost. It's the saved, born-again child of God that experiences conviction. Conviction, folks. Immediately. Brother Steve, I thought about that word immediately. That word immediately. Jesus looked right into Peter. God's timing is always on time. 
You see, if we were talking about blessing and if we were talking about grace and all these uh, feel-good things, see, that that get a lot of amens right there. But we never want to think about God's timing when it's conviction. I wonder this morning, what is it that you're facing? I wonder this morning, what is it that you're battling? I believe God's already dealt with your heart. You know why I'm quiet? Because I believe God's already dealt with your heart. He's already looked straight at you. You see, what Peter failed to realize is that Jesus was watching the whole time. What we fail to recognize, what we fail to see, is that Jesus is watching all the time. Oh, I don't say that, that you might feel condemned. But it sure would change the way we live. If we thought about it. Look at what Peter does in closing. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. You know what that is, folks? That is a sign of repentance. Did everybody hear that? That is a sign of repentance. And when Jesus looked at him, you know what he was saying? I told you, but I love you. And you know what he's saying to you today? I told you, but I love you. <laughs> but I love you. Let me go back to, what is it, 31 and 32. What does he say? <laughs> the devil desired to sift you as wheat. Huh? 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 But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. What are you talking about, preacher? Everything that took place goes back to this verse. Peter went through it. And Jesus was there on the other side. And some of you are getting beat down by the waves of temptation and sin and everything else. And just because you've got temptation don't mean that you've sinned. Let's just set that out there. We all battle temptation. The question is what we do with it equals whether or not it'll be sin. Did you catch that this morning? So I wonder where your heart is today. Heads bowed and eyes closed. We don't need anybody looking around this morning. But I believe if we were honest, we would probably find ourselves at an altar this morning. Doing business with God. Oh preacher, you know if I come forward, I mean, that means that I mean everybody's going to think that I'm really just tore up and I'm battling and I don't know what to do. So what? Who cares what people think?
God, help us to forget about what people think. Do you realize people are in hell today because they were worried about what other people thought? That's a reality. Who cares what people think? There's nobody looking around. There's folks already at the altar. Why don't you join them this morning? He's here. He's here. He's here. Oh God, I pray that we'll turn our lives over to you. God, I know there's people battling God because you wouldn't let me leave the text, God. God, help us. God, help us to get right with you. God, help us to get real with you, God. Maybe it's the middle of the temptation. God, help us. Help us, God. Help us, God. In Jesus' name.